Hey, it's Ben. I'm wanting to give a shout out to Adam Beltane from the Force Majeure podcast. They've been a huge help figuring out a few issues behind the scenes. And I was wanting to give them a shout out. You can find them at forcemajeurepod.com. And if you want to help out Tales from the Hydean Way, you can help us up by leaving us reviews and subscribing where you can, sharing us on Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to help us out financially, you can at patreon.com slash Way. And I do want to give a shout out to our dedicated Patreons. Thank you, and now on to the show. did we let ourselves get arrested? I thought we were better than this. But here I am, in a cell in some backwater planet where they don't even have the budget for grav binders. These are just old-fashioned metal binders. It's all part of the plan. We get in, talk to my old buddy Thaddeus, and we'll be free in a heartbeat. Welcome to a swashbuckling tale from the Hydean Way. We're your hosts, Ben Yindel. And Risa D. This week, I had a GM friend ask us if we could talk about you know how players are almost never on the correct side of the law? <laughs> he wanted to know how to deal with the law in different places. Are they in a core world and having to deal with the empire or in a core world and having to deal with the law on that planet? Or maybe they're like out in the outer rim and there's like one guy with a pistol and that's the law. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to know how, you know, how to deal with it and make it interesting and not all like the exact same thing of a group of stormtroopers come out and they massacre. Uh, I mean, your players massacre the stormtroopers, you know, which is how it goes. At least in several of the games that I've seen. Yep. Yeah. So many GMs are just not willing to bring up stormtroopers in numbers to a slightly massacre the players yeah i mean you need you need a sergeant really to do at any, least anything to the players true and then if you're feeling really really mean or oh uh, yeah we'll go with mean bring <laughs> out an imperial captain oh yeah which can be just brutal because where a sergeant allows free aims and that sort of stuff free maneuvers i guess really yeah but the imperial army captain is sheer brutality in that give up your action to have this full stormtrooper minion group get a free action yep doesn't count against their action maneuver exactly oh look they just shot twice (laughs) yeah this full minion group at the wonderful amount of four or five yellows (laughs) how do we deal with the law in different parts of the galaxy or just, you know, in Genesis as well, we can talk about that. But mostly it's Star Wars because it, it can get really samey. It really can. Yeah. I mean, it's like, sure, you can have it that on each planet there's, you know, Imperial presence and then they're the law. But I think it's interesting to think about, like, what if your players are in, like, CSA territory? Ooh, that's a good point. How do you deal with that? Because there's a lot of bureaucracy there and just a lot of paying your way out of things. (laughs) Well, exactly. Like, do they have to essentially register a fine? And since this is like uh, a variant of cyberpunk brought to Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Is it just that now for all low level infractions, you're automatically ticketed and you're (sighs) 
because banking is actually better there than getting out these credit coins. Now it's just deducted from your account. <laughs> exactly. But on the other hand, then they go for all of the infractions. Like everything <laughs> actually has a fine amount. But it's a small amount so that they're not going to just have to send out the cops to collect up all the people who can't pay their fines because that would, of course, would be a jailable thing in the CSA. Yeah. Can't pay your fines, so you have to actually do time. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Star Wars is absolutely the place I can see debtors' prisons. Yeah. Especially in, like, the CSA area. Exactly. Like, definitely. And maybe in some of the core worlds, to be honest. Yeah. And hot space. Absolutely hot space. Oh, yeah. Definitely hot space. And that's just like running into the normal what we would consider police. But I'm also just sort of thinking of like in the CSA, it would be littering would be a fine. (laughs) And it's done almost entirely through like the 1960s far future concepts of (laughs) like essentially what we have now of the image processing and all that. But instead of it being entirely like droid related. It would be like these vast rafts of people where they go into this monolithic building and each floor is like this quadrant of the city. Yeah. If you're wanting to do a crime there, you'd have to pay off these people (laughs) so that they don't tattle on you. Yeah. I feel like with enough credits in CSA space, nothing really matters. (laughs) With enough credits, you can get away with pretty much anything, I would think. That pretty much sums up the CSA for me. Yeah. I mean, you have to grease the correct palms, but once you figure out which palms to grease, I think it would be pretty pretty easy to get out of things if you have a bank account. But for the friends who don't have a bank account, I would just love the idea of having them like have their pictures taken or something. And then, and now every single time that your face pops up. (laughs) It's just immediately going to like rack up a tab (laughs) of just fines. Okay. You guys murdered someone. Okay. There's your fine. (laughs) (laughs) You've disrupted, you've disrupted security patrol Q3. (laughs) Your fine for this is, (laughs) and now report to subsection three to pay your fine. (laughs) I could see then the CSA, but I could also see when the line from fine to not fine it gets crossed, yeah. all of a sudden, to make sure that everyone stays in line and give a absolute show of consequences, it would then be security forces now. Yeah. And extreme over-response. <laughs> Most of it would be droids, at least to my mind, because, well, you paid for them once. All you got to do is pay for their power bill now. Pretty much, honestly. I don't see them wanting to pay like actual people to do things. Mm -hmm. Save as much money as possible. Exactly. For the things that droids are not quite as good at. Yep. I can almost sort of see like a human pilot with a boatload of uh, security droids in in the back, like almost (laughs) a human driving an MTT from the Clone Wars, like the big separatist transport. Yeah. Them being the one who's driving as only a human could, sideswiping everything. (laughs) They finally get the pursued vehicle to spin out and get crashed up against the wall. And then all of a sudden, the front of the MTT opens up and outpours all of these droids. All right, you stopped. Now try and get away. Honest, I dare you. (laughs) 
So that's at least something that's that's interesting, and it's different from just the tried and true stormtrooper squadron. But I think it's also interesting the idea of like the law on like planets in the outer rim. How do you make that feel different than core worlds? At the outset, I would kind of think of westerny. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Like you got the one guy, like really, and with his with his blaster pistol, and he is the law. Maybe a slightly less go get him deputy. Yeah. For a smaller location, I can absolutely see that. Yeah. It's so fitting to the pseudo frontier idea of just being a one horse town. Yeah. Small place and well, yeah, Sheriff Bob over there is gonna be the one who is keeping up with everyone. But they also know everything. Yeah. You show up and this is sort of going back to the concept of the local sheriff being a pillar of helpfulness in a, a community. As long as you don't go against them. <laughs> and oh, do they hold grudges. But you show up into town, you don't look like you're trying to roll the bank or something. The sheriff is just as likely to help you instead of you always being wondering, what's that stormtrooper sergeant going to do? <laughs> And I also like the idea that it's like he's so you're, the sheriff is like so helpful because he wants to keep tabs on your group. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I don't know Never you people, so if I help you out with everything you're doing, I know what you're doing. <laughs> that ooh, I really like that. <laughs> well, it's like that then turns the altruism of yeah, they're the ones who help out with the grandmother who is having trouble getting all their groceries home. It seems like that they're just this Boy Scout, but really they're just using it to go out and low-key snoop on everyone. That is a beautiful idea. It, it, at least it like gives me like this idea of like a character that I could like create as a GM. Like mm -hmm. I could put this together like probably is on a drop of a hat now. Because I have this idea in my head and I'm like, okay, he's probably going to be human. Because I feel like in a lot of places, humans just are the law because they're a little discriminatory against uh, <laughs> other species. I mean, I just, you're not you know, wrong. Humans are very discriminatory, I feel, in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> At least that's how we play them. Now that I think about it, I don't know if like really in the movies <laughs> you see it very much, but like everything that I listen to or actually play as it always feels like the humans are in charge and they kind of treat all of the non-humans like they're sketchy but i mean it's also just because you look at like the empire themselves that's almost all humans like sure you get like thrawn who isn't yeah but that's thrawn which is his own weird little <laughs> offshoot of everything yeah I do think that that's sort of one of the best parts that has been reintroduced into the new canon of, mm -hmm. is Thrawn actually for the Empire or is he a traitor? Yeah. It's an interesting viewpoint to it. Like, is Thrawn all in or not, even though what he says versus actions? Like, in larger situations, and it definitely in the dark times, I absolutely 100% agree with you that either, like, the mayor or the sheriff is going to be and in that sort of small town political structure that's really what you've got you may also have the religious leader as well and they yeah. sort of form a triumvirate the city council going back to bald west so it's almost literally be the city fathers yeah 
if I was running it, yeah, you'd probably have one of those three being a human. I'd probably toss in a Duros just because I really like them and Cad Bane. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest as to why. And then something like another species just because I find I want to have more. Yeah. For me, that's what I would do. But yeah, there's going to be a human on that group. Yeah. I feel like they just think they're in charge of everything. Exactly. Because they spread out so much. I think that's part of the issue. They're just like, yeah, I own all of this. And it's like, <laughs> do you really? But yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a little too deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. But I, I really enjoy that idea of of like the outer rim planets being like that. It just invokes the Wild West thing, you know? Or even just a small independent station that is servicing a few different colonies. Like this is the transfer point where all the little ships go. It's central enough where like this is where the convoys come to and drop their load. And that's the reason why the station's there. And then you get these little freighters that are going to these little almost cities or like colonies that are on small planets that are there because like, well, this one mines, this one grows food, this one does breathable air or like parts or something. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Like what I, it's been a while since I played Beyond the Rim. What's like the wheel <laughs> like? The wheel's a big one. Like, yeah. It, I mean, you can get in trouble with the law on the wheel, can't you? Yeah, you absolutely can. And there's a central core with it. Like a yeah. central AI core to the wheel that is kind of like a Big Brother-esque or depending on how you play it. And I'm not sure if you're, anyone's really going to get the reference, but there's a game out there called Paranoia. soon to be a computer game oh. where there's brother computer that is all seeing. <laughs> Literally a droid mind that is part of the wheel that you enter in stuff. Almost like if Google was booths. <laughs> you go there, type in stuff, and kapoof, there you go. You've got that to it. And if you get crosswise of the central core, I can't really remember what the core is called, but if you get crosswise of that AI, you have to deal with their security forces. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of criminal organizations on the wheel. Yeah. I really love the idea of like an AI that's in charge of it all that kind of goes rogue. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking, like, the Disney movie Smart House, how the house has, like, a personality and then <laughs> just, like, becomes a person. Like, that's, like, kind of my idea. That would be really fun. That would be a really cool, at least, like, session or mini arc <laughs> of yeah. you guys, of the players go to a station and they think that it's a normal place. But it's, like, this complete, like, the AI is just, like, snooping into everything everyone's doing at all times and like they have to figure out how to like disable it or uh get a, a one of their droid party members to seduce it <laughs> oh i love that idea that would be so fantastic yeah because an ai probably wouldn't have high presence but if you have a protocol droid with you ooh, that's even better <laughs> And that's with like the AI becoming this controlling relatively recently. And I've, everyone's like afraid on the yeah. station. They're like, no, 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 you can't do that. The computer will know. <laughs> Where a few examples have already been made. It's like, you don't want to be like Jobo over there. 
And they just sort of whisper and nod at a closed shop. <laughs> I love that. That sounds like so much fun to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for a single session, I think that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Just as like a little side quest kind of a thing. I enjoy the idea of having to deal with droids and AI like that mm -hmm. because it's really hard for your players to know how to approach it when it's a droid on the other end. <laughs> They're like, ah, I can't do my normal thing of, you know, trying to threaten them because that, I don't know, might not work because they don't know what you've statted the droid out as. That's a good point. Yeah. Because you can't just assume. <laughs> Which I, I like that. It would be really fun to get them to try and use their use their noggins and work together. <laughs> well, between that, they've got no idea what you've statted them out at. You could also say they're trying to do coercion, and it's not so much like you give them a high will and a high discipline. It's like they have essentially innate versions of the talents where it upgrades skills going against them on account of, okay, yeah, rip me limb from limb. I'm just going to get rebuilt, and we'll go talk about this in two hours. <laughs> Do your worst, and that's not going to matter to me. Yeah. The other part being, you could also play it that because you've got a bunch of identical model droids, they have no idea which one they just talked to. <laughs> and you pull the whole twin thing. <laughs> just massively. To every now and then, just in the middle of conversation, they turn to talk to their group. And then they turn around and it's, hello, gentle beings, I am, <laughs> and redo the introductions of, I am security droid Q17. I am sorry that security droid R7 had to depart, but I will continue your interrogation at this moment. <laughs> Wait, the other guy said that he would help us do this. Oh, but I am not that droid. <sighs> exactly. You can tell that who's ever controlling the droids is starting to play three-card Monty with them. Never <laughs> letting them be in the same place with the same droid for that long. Yeah. I like the idea of, well, meet me here later. And they show up and then they're <laughs> like, okay, what are you going to tell us? And then it's another droid and they're just like, I do not know what you're talking about. Yep. Oh, the possibilities. That then also gets me thinking of how to run a droid underground campaign. <laughs> That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic. I feel like using droids for security is also like a really core world thing to do. Oh, yes. I can see it being core worlds, but I can also sort of see any place where it's gotten bad. Say a criminal organization has come in that isn't there to skim. They're there to fight. I could see like these ancient B1 battle droids being mm. brought back into circulation again and again and again. Mm. It's like, okay, yeah, Posnian Prime's going to get exploded in six months, but we're still using B1 battle droids because, well, what else do we got? They were built in such quantity for the Clone Wars. <laughs> 60 years later, we've still got... <laughs> If like it's almost too bad that that company got taken out because they built good quality droids. <laughs> okay, we need to buy some more security droids. Why would we do that? We already have like fifty battle droids. Oh, they're so out of date. Yeah, but we don't have to pay for more droids if we use the battle droids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And we've got this one tactical droid that seems to be doing pretty good, and they can control all the B1s. And so you see these patrols of B1s. They're just going around. Tactical droid, they're just sort of standing. 
where like a desk sergeant would be in a police precinct, <laughs> always just giving out literal marching orders to four groups of battle droids. <laughs> the four of you are going off to investigate this theft. Roger, roger. And off and things like that. <laughs> that makes me think of a Star Trek episode. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just like one one droid controlling all the others. Yeah. <laughs> makes me, yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, actually. <laughs> I enjoy that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that. Oh, yes. In this case, your sheriff would still be a sheriff, or maybe even like a cross with a marshal, or they... Their second specialization is a marshal, essentially. Yeah. But their primary is like a droid tech or a tinker <laughs> of some variety. It's like, or they're a marshal, but their second specialization is in scavenger, where it's just, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we're on Seleucami, where, yeah, there was a huge amount of fighting. We've got this wasteland of droid parts that we still haven't quite gotten through. We just sort of bulldozed everything into this square kilometer of droid, and we're just slowly going through them. I like that. I also like the idea of there's just one, like, sentient isn't the right word, but yeah, it is. Biologic? Yeah. Just the one guy who's, like, technically in charge, but everyone, all the droids under him, they just don't, they don't actually listen. They have their own stuff going on, and he's really just a figurehead. (laughs) That just sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> so every, the player group goes, they're like, okay, we have to go talk to the sheriff or whatever, the marshal. We got to go talk to him. They go there. And the guy is just like chillaxing. And they're like, you have to help us. Someone stole our ship. And he's like, oh, I don't really have anything to do with that. Uh, <laughs> have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because that's another thing is sometimes like players can actually go to the law for help. They're like, wow, someone stole this thing of ours. We have to go report it to the police. And I feel like doing that, it's like they immediately like the the person's like, oh, yes, we'll file a report. Now give us your information. And then they're looking up warrants for the players. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. (laughs) That is like a little on the mean side, but I really like it. Well, it depends on how many warrants your players have out for their arrest. I feel like. I feel like that's a pretty good like oh. consequence. If they just yeah. keep going around and just laying waste to things, then, you know. The other thing is, is like mm-hmm. you can almost do like an obligation rule at that point. Yeah. Okay, we're looking up stuff. Okay, well, obligation. This is the one that triggers. So something related to this shows up. <laughs> Even just like they had their speeder impounded. <laughs> they have to go to the impound office to get it back. And when that happens, it's like, oh, well, you know, these transponder codes are associated with several different crimes. <laughs> just in their ship gets impounded. I just loved that in Solo, just the Millennium Falcon being impounded. That was one of those things that made me laugh a lot in that movie. Just the idea of just having your ship impounded. It's just incredibly silly. The initial thing to overcome is... Okay, first we got to get the ship back from the police, or we got to get rid of that grav boot. Fine. <laughs> just tickets upon tickets on, on just slapped onto <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, yeah. well, you guys didn't pay your landing fees, or you guys were too mean, and you got too much threat when you were negotiating your landing fees. <laughs> oh, yeah. A despair got, you know, in there. <laughs> and, yeah, you're not racking up any more docking fees, but you still are impounded. Yeah, they called the tow. 
<laughs> oh. uh, I, I like that. Over to talking about core worlds. Because Ooh, yes. core worlds, like, the Imperial presence is very strong. But they also have, like, their own laws on the planets. And it's enforced by the actual local police. Exactly. Like, even on Coruscant, which is essentially an Imperial army planet, in some ways, it still has its own police force. They're very militarized things. They've got a lat that is amazing. Like this sort of hybrid TIE fighter lat. It's great. Very distinct from all the military, like true military ships. The armor that they wear on Coruscant is amazingly, like it's similar, but it's different. The helmeting is different. Like they're very distinct in how they're doing it. When we see them on... The Clone Wars, they're doing actual two-person beat cop type things. Yeah. I could almost see, ooh, that actually be pretty interesting. Actually having out-and-out beat cop on that the players have to interact with. <laughs> like someone who actually walks around and learns what's going on in the area. You know what would also be really fun? Okay. On a core world where you have like the local law enforcement also Imperial mm -hmm. present, player characters do break a law. And now the Imperials and the local law enforcement are trying to figure out whose jurisdiction it happened in. <laughs> oh, yes. That would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. That would be great. That was our jurisdiction. So you need to leave those prisoners alone. They're our prisoners. Uh, no, those aren't your prisoners. Those are our prisoners. Well, not just that. The idea of two different sets of laws, like what you were talking about. They're captured by the Imperials, like stormtroopers. Yeah, so they're captured by the stormtroopers, but it's a Coruscant law that's been offended. Yeah. So to get booked, it actually has to be the Coruscant police. Yeah. But it's the Imperial stormtroopers who have them. <laughs> they're not willing to let them go, but they also can't really arrest them because what they did was like, I don't know, upset a street light or something. Something that doesn't really warrant stormtroopers, but something that absolutely the local constabulary would be involved with. Yeah. And then that gives like this great escape opportunity for the player characters too. They were in the uh, custody of the Imperials and now the local police are like, okay, well, you need to transfer them to our facility so we can book them. And so en route from one facility to another, there's a great opportunity for escape. Yeah, that that just sounds like some kind of perfect there. That would be it would be a fun thing to run because then while you're being transported, you know, everyone's going to be a little distracted. Well, and it's a prisoner transport. So, yeah, everyone's going to be in like grav binders or something. So it's not going to be just, OK, yeah, well, we've got our hands and we can just do whatever we want. But that being said, a coordination check or an athletics check to get out, which there are stats. Yeah. They have to get out, but then also because we're talking an actual group of player characters here, so they're there in, like, the school bus-style personnel transport. Driving along behind in the armored car is all the weaponry that was taken. Like, this small armory slash tool shop is being in this armored van behind them. <laughs> oh, I can almost see, like, during the prisoner transfer... Not necessarily it being the player characters to get out, but then the knowledge of all this player character gear <laughs> in this armored vehicle, in this convoy. 
has slipped out. The local gangs are wanting that gear <laughs> because the reward might just outweigh the cost. I like that. And then you have people who are just like, they don't care about the player group, but they accidentally like opened the wrong van. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, you guys aren't the weapons. Tries to shut it again. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That would be so fun. Outside you hear this blaster fire, like an actual <laughs> missile coming in and hitting, and someone walks up, they cut the lock on the back door, open it up, and you aren't the weapons? <laughs> huh. uh. Slams the door, but slams it too hard, so it's open like a quarter of the way. Exactly. And they can hear the fighting still going on outside. And then it's like, we got to try and get out of here without anyone noticing. We're getting caught in the crossfire of the other people who are fighting now. And then you have like the law enforcement being like, hey, no, we need the prisoners back. But then <laughs> <laughs> we can't kill you until we process you. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and then someone actually gets into the other van and starts using the equipment. <laughs> An idea of... If one of your players has like an obligation to a gang, if you give us your weapons and help us with that, <laughs> then your debt will be paid for. Ooh. But you have to give up all your weapons. <laughs> so no one would want to do that. Exactly. You know, it would never resolve it. But it would at least if you rolled someone's obligation with a debt to a gang like that, that would be a great way to do it. You brought up Solo earlier. Now you're bringing up gangs, which... <laughs> Okay, we've been talking about, like, official imperial or constabulary policing. Yeah. Like, there's laws and then there's laws of the underworld. Yeah. The edge of the empire is not exactly a lawless place. It's just a place where power has shifted. And if you go against Jabba and what Jabba's willing to allow, they're coming after you. If you go against uh, Crimson Dawn, you're likely to be bisected. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's definitely an interesting thing, especially when you're dealing with Edge of the Empire characters, because Hut Space is such an interesting place, just in general. <laughs> if you can get people into Hut Space, there's so much you can do. Yes. And there's so many laws you can break. And, you know, depending on whose laws you're breaking, you can either make friends or enemies. Because if you're breaking laws for the Huts then they're likely to look on you with favor. But if you're breaking the laws of the huts, then that's a, even more dangerous than, like, breaking imperial laws. <laughs> oh, so very true. It's like, okay, yeah, now you've got bounty in your head. <laughs> Where you just start hoping it's a no-disintegration bounty. Yeah. I think that's the reason why I really like uh, hut space, or at least that concept, on account of you can really get into... The family versus family or Kajik versus Kajik style interscene warfare, where it's not a hot war, but you can still have like player group versus anti group going and having a huge dust up and it's still being well within, like no one's going to mention it. Like the worst is that, okay, now someone has to rebuild the bar that got trashed. And that's held against the player group, but it's not necessarily this thing that's going to cause a massive war. Yeah. Oh, to bring in Android, you really kind of get into this either reputation or f favor thing. Yeah. 
where, yeah, I owe this hut or uh, yeah, I owe this wristy a particular favor, but as long as I owe them, I can use their name for I am working for them. <laughs> yeah. The only one who I have to answer to for using their name is them, which can be its own horrific thing. Yeah, it's really intense, the kind of stuff you can get into, really, if you think about it. And there are so many different ways to do it. And I feel like sector rangers are <laughs> yes. a great tool because sector rangers punch hard. Those guys are very, very difficult to fight. Like if your players have been like, plowing through stormtroopers hit them with sector rangers absolutely like you can use them like the old school fabled rangers from texas yeah like that sort of stuff it's these are supposedly well sector rangers are hyper competent beings that are able to come in and not so much lay waste they can investigate and they can be the ones coming in and tracking people down yeah in an edge campaign, if the players get word that, oh no, there's a sector ranger on our trail, that really should start scaring them. Yes, it should. And the great thing about sector rangers is they have stun weapons. Uh-huh. So it, that's, <laughs> that is very good because players don't think about stun weapons. Like they go into a firefight <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can take them. And then they get stunned and they're like, oh. Well, then, I probably should have run away. <laughs> to me, there's, or to my players, there sort of seems to be a flip point at about 200 to 300 earned XP, where all of a sudden they realize stun weapons scare them a boatload more than weapons set to kill. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to be a little, a little scared of like these stormtroopers with like auto fire stuff. That's going to scare me a little bit. However, I can use a stim pack on my wounds. There is nothing you can use to get your strain <laughs> down. And I think that's what makes it actually scary because it's like, yeah, out of combat, I can start healing my strain. But in combat, that is incredibly difficult to get rid of strain once you have it. Absolutely. Like to me, the scariest part of fall damage isn't the. <laughs> huge amount of hurt that is going to the character. Yeah. Like that is disturbing all on its own, but it's the, I'm pretty sure that like medium distance is 30 damage minus your soak plus something close to 20 strain minus your soak. Yeah. Even if you have the beast of a warrior stone guy, I cannot remember what they actually are. <laughs> I think they're like a Titan. Even if you have that, chances are they may get up and walk away, but they are hurting. It's the strain that's going to get them. Because sure, they've got this boatload of wound that, no, they're not dead, but they are absolutely knocked out. Because their strain just is not all that high. Or their soak is not that high. Yeah. They're just walking hit points. <laughs> I mean, that's plenty of players I know have gone that route. <laughs> Oh, sure, yeah, you've got a wound threshold in the 20s, which, <laughs> like, okay, fine, apparently we're in combat way too much, but <laughs> you've still got that 15 strength, which yeah. is up from it what it was, but, and now you've fallen, <laughs> and you're out. Basically enough, you are not below your wound threshold. 
but you are well beyond your strain threshold. Mm. Uh-huh. Other thing is not strictly law, but bounty hunters coming after Ooh, your characters too. Because especially if it's like, okay, my Jedi characters, right? My force users have been going around, <laughs> right? They're going around and now they've made a bit like of a reputation. You can't like just send regular law enforcement at them, but maybe you can send a bounty hunter who specializes in dealing with force sensitives. They have cortosis armor. There's a Jedi hunter in the cards, the mm. adversary cards, that they have no force powers, but yeah, they've got cortosis armor and a cortosis weapon. Yeah. Throw that at your force users who have been causing havoc throughout the galaxy. That'll be like, oh, I can't just slice him in two. And then they actually get into a duel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. It would. <laughs> Thinking of Jedi or Jedi-esque characters, force users, we might call them. <laughs> just sort of think of Inquisitors in Star Wars or an Inquisitor type. Really, Inquisitors are sort of freeform big bad guys. Like, that's really what they kind of are for your force users. Yeah. Just make sure they have that talent that means that they can't have their weapon taken from them. <laughs> because my last GM made a mistake. Had this big bad Inquisitor, <laughs> right? Forgot to mm -hmm. give them that talent. So person with, with move just got the weapon out of the way. <laughs> like, I was like, fair. fantastic. And then my character was able to just walk up and just shoot him then. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> It's supposed to be this big showdown between the Inquisitor and all the and the Force users, and then I'm like, okay, I have two heavy blaster pistols that I can shoot, and so I'm going to kill him. It's at that point where I start getting into pseudo weird narrative things. Yeah, I start thinking of all the crazy things Obi Wan does. Yeah, pulling their lightsaber to them is really—I forget which talent that is, or if that is a talent. I think it is. I just can't remember. Because I know like superior quick draw is just being able to pull two. Yeah. I love superior quick draw. <laughs> I got all of those things on that, <laughs> on the gunslinger. <laughs> gunslinger is so fun to play. I always recommend it. <laughs> Unless I'm wielding a f lightsaber, that's generally what I'm going for. Yeah. With Inquisitors, you can, that's the point where you start breaking out the talents that you start wondering, huh? I wonder how this talent will work in an actual game. And you start <laughs> pulling out things like bind. Yeah. Bind is scary. Yeah, it or is. heal harm. Yes. Throw 50 XP at heal harm. Honestly, heal harm is, in my opinion, it's one of the best force powers because there's an upgrade on heal that lets you heal strain. Right. And you can have the strength upgrade make it so that you can do it with like a certain amount of people in your radius, as long as they're in like close or in engaged. So it's like you stand <laughs> in the group of your friends, then you can heal all of them for a certain amount of strain. And if you have yeah. four int, then that's going to be really good because it goes off of your int uh, for right. heal harm, which is why we had someone get heal harm with the intent of using harm, but then he did not have high int on his character. So it did like nothing. It was pretty hilarious, to be honest. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty good. So, Ben, what are your final <laughs> thoughts on this 
topic? Well, A, do have your card for Morgukai Adept handy because <laughs> they're just fun on account of like, Adversary of One, Lethal Blows, and Kurtosis, and Kurtosis. They're just fun. Yeah. <laughs> also, like Nemesis with 18 wounds, 6 soak. They're just disturbing. Yeah. Which can be found in the Hunters and Force Users set of cards from Fantasy Flight Games. <laughs> I may went and find mine, but yeah. <laughs> my uh, Okay, my actual final thought is think of the world that you're wanting. Think of the scenes that you're wanting with whatever is keeping order there. The difference between a small town sheriff and a Vigo of Black Sun doesn't necessarily have to be all that much. The enforcement can be very helpful. It can be pleasant to deal with, but it can also have teeth. We can always remember that the teeth don't have to be, okay, we're just going to roll up and start shooting. (laughs) The most interesting part of law enforcement is that it can be petty. (laughs) I mean, Risa said it earlier, impounding a ship is one of the most brutal things. (laughs) Put a grav boot on a ship... And that ship is probably not going anywhere. It's scary. It's an exercise of power. Think of the petty ways that power can be exercised upon the players. And the more of an annoyance it is, the more of a learning tool it can be. Yeah. Risa? My final thoughts are where you are in the galaxy can add a lot of flavor to how your players interact with the law. It doesn't have to just be stormtroopers every single time people are in trouble. It can be whatever flavor of part of the galaxy you're in, right? You're in the CSA territory, you can have them just get racked up with fines. You're in hut space and the huts are after you. You're in some planet with an imperial presence, but it's a really small one, so everyone's really corrupt. Anything like that. It can add flavor so that your players don't feel like it's the same encounter every single time. I apparently was way wrong. Thaddeus is in the cell two down and isn't even control here anymore. I'm not sure what I'm more vexed at with this. They fell from grace or that we've already halfway dug through the wall. Well... Good news and bad news. The bad news is that all of our effort was for naught. But the good news is that I've made pals with one of the stormtroopers, and he's willing to let us out if we part with some credits. Join us next time on an adventurous tale from the Hydean Way. We can be found on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and I can be found at Cookie Kit. And I am at Deuterium Ice. We are all at thehydeanway.com, where you can find previous episodes, links to things we talk about in the show, and our live play podcast, Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Drop us a holocom at tales at thehydeanway.com. We're also on Facebook as Tales from the Hydean Way. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash the Heidi and Way.